everybody. I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of today's survival show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Sorry it's been a while since I put up a show. This is episode number 244 and I'm going to talk about surviving illness. That's one of the reasons why I haven't put up a show. I got my hands full, folks, trying to beat cancer and also take care of my wife. She's fighting a lot of health challenges because she was diagnosed a little over a year ago with ALS and We've, we've sought a second opinion. The second opinion disagrees, but, you know, she's still struggling with a lot of health challenges, and so am I, trying to beat cancer and go through chemotherapy and all that stuff. But I'm still committed to bringing you some good information on survival and preparedness. So I thought I would talk about how to survive a major illness since, wow, seems like I have a lot of experience with it. Uh, let's start, first of all, by talking about finances. Boy, if you get a major illness, it's very expensive, folks. So I've talked so much on this show in many episodes. You know, this is episode 244. In so many of the previous episodes, I've talked about getting your finances in order. You know I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. I'm big on being debt-free and building a savings account and an emergency fund. Well, Dave likes to talk about having a thousand or two thousand dollars put back in an emergency fund. May I suggest that you put back more than that? If you get a major illness, whether it's cancer, whether it's something like diabetes, whether it's heart disease or whatever, you're going to run into a lot of medical expenses. And, you know, there's a big health insurance problem these days. I'm I'm sure unless you've been sleeping under a rock and not paying attention and living in the state of oblivion, you know we got a health care problem in this country. And I'm sorry, but the federal government's attempt here is just simply not fixing the health care problem. And a lot of people are being forced into these very, very high deductible catastrophic insurance policies. Well, how are you going to pay that deductible? If your deductible is 4000 5000 I've heard of $10,000 deductibles. How are you going to pay that? If you are injured, if you are have a major illness or a major injury and all of a sudden you're hospitalized or you have to go through a bunch of expensive tests or surgical procedures and stuff that you know you're going to be paying out the nose for a deductible and then a lot of people are on 80/20 plans so you're still going to be on the hook for 20% even after you meet your deductible Now, some of the plans have a maximum out-of-pocket, but it takes many, many, many thousands of dollars to reach that maximum out-of-pocket. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's very, very expensive. Finances, folks. Got to get your finances in order. There's just no substitute for being debt-free and having a savings account. And it's paid off greatly for my wife and I. Because when it comes to paying deductibles, we can afford to pay them. When it comes to paying our 20%, because my insurance is an 80-20 plan, we can afford to pay it. Why? Because we're not servicing a bunch of debt. Because we drive two paid-for cars. We don't carry any other consumer debt, like major balances on credit cards. Uh, the only debt we have right now that we're paying on is our mortgage. And then, of course, we have our daily living expenses. So it allows us to keep a large portion of what we earn. I've talked before on this show about having a secondary income. Boy, is that huge. If you have a major illness or a major injury and you have to take time off of work, 
you may get to go on disability, but if you don't get approved for disability or you can't go on it, what are you going to do for an income? If you have a secondary income source, that's going to help. I'll tell you, between the two podcasts that I do, this one and the Handgun World podcast, thanks to many of you generous listeners, I make a little side income. It's not much, but it pays for a few things. A lot of you make your Amazon purchases through my Amazon store. And that's one way you can support this show if you want to support me. Just go to todayssurvival.com. Remember, there's two S's in that address, todayssurvival.com, and just click the Amazon store page. You'll see a direct link, and you don't have to spend any extra money. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, you can do it through my store. Amazon sends me a little fee. There's a lot of people that do that, and they support me. Several of you buy my Survival Champions Club podcasts. You know, if you have a way to make a little secondary income, and I'm not going to lie, I make a little bit of a secondary income from podcasting, That's great. Now, by the way, let me tell you what, folks. I didn't make anything for about the first two years on either of my podcasts. I didn't make anything. Every once in a while, somebody would send me a donation, and it would pay for the hosting fees and the bandwidth, and it would pay for the company that hosts all the media files that you get to listen to, my Blueberry account. Okay, that was it. So... I had to put the time and the effort in, and I had to put in some sweat equity. Some of you might have a hobby, or you might have a little secondary thing that you do on the side. Those can pay off greatly if you have a major illness or some kind of a disease that you come down with. So, getting out of debt and having a secondary income. Next, I want to talk about, obviously, food and water storage, you know... Hey, how often have we talked about that on this podcast and all the other survival and preparedness podcasts that are out there in the world that you can listen to? Having food packed away is like having money in the bank. And if you come down with a major illness or a major injury and you can't work, if you have a year or two's worth of food stored, wow, is that huge. Not having major grocery bills? That's that's incredible. All right. The other thing I would like to urge you to think about here, if you're going to prepare for in case you're injured, obviously, I mean, injured or have a major illness and things, the medications you, you, you take as much as possible, stock up on your medications Um Get 90-day prescriptions whenever you can. Recently, had a situation where one of my doctors took me off of a medicine, but I went ahead and refilled. I had a refill for another 90 days. He took me off my medicine and then decided six weeks later to put me back on it. Well, what was really cool is I had this 90-day supply that I had finished that I had I had filled before he took me off of it, and. Kind of had a financially tight month. And so, thank God I didn't have to go down and pay another copay down to the pharmacy and refill that prescription. I already had it. If some of you come down with a major injury or a major illness and you need some kind of antibiotic or you need some kind of an anti-inflammatory medication or something like that, and maybe you can't get to a doctor for a while, Okay, or maybe you don't have insurance. 
it's nice to have some types of medication like that available to you. Now, am I saying that you should try to be your own doctor? No. So, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not giving medical advice. But I am talking about a stink hit the fan event. A lot of people think that the stink hitting the fan means some kind of a major weather disaster or terrorist attack or something like that. No. You know what? A major illness, a major disease, or a major injury is a huge stink hit the fan event for nearly any family. And I know because I'm living it times two. My wife and I are both living it. And I can tell you the crap has hit the fan in our family. So, if you can have some of these types of medications and a good supply, if you can find some way to stock up on them, even if they're over-the-counter med- medicines or supplements, that's huge. Stock up on them now before you get a major illness or before you get a major disease and learn how to store them properly. And, you know, things like antibiotics, a lot of those do expire. But there's a lot of medications that don't expire. Or they have a very, very long shelf life. Do your homework. Do your research. Do a lot of searching on the Internet to find out how long medications store. But I can tell you from firsthand experience that that's huge. Something else I found quite useful in in prepping for a major illness or a major disease. A lot of people don't think about this. Your vehicles. Keeping your vehicles in good shape. Why? Well, I've been having to drive a long way to some of the doctor's appointments and for some of the tests. I've gone to MD Anderson. I got a second opinion. I'm getting some extra treatment over at MD Anderson. That's a long drive. It's three hours each way from San Antonio to Houston. You don't want to have to be dealing with car problems if you have a major illness. It is a real drag to be dealing with car problems and house problems and things like that. See, when you get a major illness or a major disease, everything is a stressor. I'm telling you what, everything is a stressor. So the the fewer stressors you can have. And folks, what's more what's more stressful than a car breaking down at the worst possible time? So paying attention to things like keeping your vehicles and the home or the place that you live in good working order is so important. Obviously, the support of family. You know, I've spoke so many times about networking and networking with family and friends and building your survival sphere of influence. Boy, does this pay off when you're injured or you're sick or you have a major disease. Friends can come to your aid. Many of my friends here locally have come to my aid. Thank you very much. You know who you are. Many of you who listen to this show, just by your encouragement, your emails and your voicemails of encouragement, have been huge. Thank you. Some of you listening to this show have filled in for me, and you've contributed guest podcasts. And by the way, Teen Prepper, I'm talking to you for a minute. Your show is going to be airing next week. Uh, Teen Prepper just submitted uh, a pretty good thing on looking at history when you're prepping. He, he submitted a great guest podcast, but I wanted to get this one out first. You folks have been a huge help to me. So you know, it's proof that if you build your sphere of influence, if you build your contacts, if you join a survival and preppers network, even if you just 
keep your friends close and and your families close and and of course your enemies closer even doing things like that it's huge because you can lean on them and you can get their help when you need it the most i also want to talk about exercise if at all possible exercise stay active my oncologist has asked me to stay active and exercise and I'm doing the best I can to do just that. In my job, I stay pretty physically active. I do a lot of walking in my job, especially if I survey a large hotel because I have to survey nearly every foot of the property to figure out what kind of products that we're going to have to put in this hotel. Well, let me tell you what. Some of these hotels are so big, and if I do two of them in a day, that's a lot of walking. That's staying active. I do whatever I can to stay active. Um, I, it's hard for me to go to a gym. I had to put my Krav Maga membership on hold because uh, sometimes if my blood cell counts get a little too low, I'm not supposed to be around a whole crowd of people a lot. Not, I'm not supposed to be around big crowds of people if I, can, if I can help it. So going to a gym is not always the smartest thing for me, but I find other ways to stay active. Exercise is just huge. Um, do I have to mention diet? Whatever kind of illness you have, there's probably a certain diet that will help it. Do your research. I hired a nutritionist to come and spend two visits is all it took. Just two visits. It was well worth the money. And again, when you've saved up money, you live debt free, you can afford to do things like this. I hired a nutritionist to come over to our house and spend some time with my wife and I to give us some ideas on what kinds of diets would work well to help us with our uh, illnesses and diseases and, and sicknesses that we're fighting. So, need I say more on that? Be real careful. I do want to caution you. A lot of the fad diets out there might not be real good for the type of illness that you're fighting. So, be careful. Be real careful about not getting into some fad diets. And I'm not going to really call out any of the fad diets, but I think you know some of them that I'm talking about. And I just may urge you to use caution. The best suggestion I can give you is check with your doctor about whether a certain diet is going to be good. And if your doctor doesn't know, they'll probably refer you to someone like a nutritionist or some kind of nurse who is pretty good at, at counseling people on their diet. Next, I want to talk about entertainment. This is something I bet a lot of you might not have thought of. You might not have actually come up with this, but it's very important, I think, to keep yourself entertained with both humor and if you like music, if you like movies, if you like plays, shows, things like that. Keeping your mind occupied, keeping yourself entertained, you know what it does? It helps keep your mind off of your illness. If you can continue to work, continue to work. If you can't work, keep yourself well entertained. If you like sports, and if you can participate in sports, or if you like to watch certain sports. This is something a lot of people don't think of, but it is huge. Keeping your mind off of what is ailing you. 
I have found that to be very, very helpful. The mind is a very powerful thing, folks. Your mind can really make you or break you. You got to stay positive. You got to stay positive no matter what it is you're fighting. You also have to try to be in as as good a mood as possible. And I find that that comedy and uplifting music or music that you like to listen to or shows that you like to watch, you know, being entertained, doing things like that generally keep people in a better mood. Try to avoid negative shows. Try to avoid the news. The negative news as much as possible. Try to avoid depressing movies as much as possible. Try to watch some of the more uplifting movies and the, and the uplifting mo- uh, uh, plays and the uplifting music and things like that. Makes a huge difference. Makes a, makes a huge difference because laughter is one of the best medicines out there. And also, choosing carefully the people that you're around. I've talked about the bad seeds before in my podcast. You are a product of the company you keep. Be careful. One thing I've learned when you come down with an illness or a disease, you're going to really find out who your friends are. Some people that you really thought were your friends will abandon you. I'm serious. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm serious. Some people that you never thought were going to be your friends and be supportive are there for you in a huge way. Stick around those people. Be careful who you associate with. Try not to be around complainers. Try not to be around whiners. I guess this is important even if you don't have an illness or a disease or an injury. That's important, obviously, to be around as positive, uh, be around positive people as much as you much as possible. But it's 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 probably ten times more important if you're fighting illness or fighting some kind of disease. Be careful what you read. Uh, be careful not to get on the internet, Google your disease, and read a bunch of forums and discussion boards because there are a lot of negative people on those. And a lot of them say a lot of negative things and they start to whine and complain and talk about all the stuff that's ailing them and so-and-so went through this and, and something bad happened and they had all these side effects and so-and-so died four years after they got this treatment. Oh, man, it's just depressing. It's, it's real depressing. Try to avoid the temptation of joining a forum or a discussion board that's specific to your illness or your disease. Hate to say that, but I've seen a lot of them out there. And, boy, they're, they're a downer. And it's going to make you feel bad. And, of course, if it makes you feel bad, it's going to be very hard to recover from whatever disease you're fighting. It's going to be very hard to maintain that positive attitude. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. During your good days, try to do things like prepare as many meals in advance as you can. Maybe prepare two or three or four days worth of food. All right, because you never know. Your next day could be a bad day. And it's really nice to not have to cook. And whoever is the cook in your family is going to really appreciate it. Um, If you're the cook of the family and you're the one that's going through an illness or a disease, try the best you can to prepare several days in advance worth of food. Even if you're not the cook in the family, it's just going to be easier on everybody all around. If maybe during the good days... 
Help out whoever the cook is in your family. And help prepare several days worth of meals in advance. That's huge. If you're eating your food stores, well, you kind of already have that covered, don't you? You know, because you've got a lot of that stuff. Or if you have prepared, if you have uh, uh, food that is freeze-dried food or it's stored away, it's the kind of food that has a long shelf life, or if it's canned, well, then a lot of it is already prepared and some of it's ready to eat. The more ready-to-eat stuff that you can have, it's so much easier. Boy, I tell you what, cooking is a real drag. Having to cook a meal from scratch or spend several hours to prepare a meal when you're trying to fight illness and disease, it's a drag. Getting sleep is important. Wow. Boy, have I ever figured that out, especially after chemotherapy treatments. But no matter what you're going through, even if you have to go through a surgical procedure or an invasive test or something like that, getting a lot of sleep, making time for sleep try you can do it you can make time for a lot of sleep you're going to need it your body heals when you sleep and that's so vitally important and again as i mentioned earlier avoiding some of the things that stress you out will help you get more sleep Next, I want to talk about hobbies. If you have a hobby that makes you feel good, if you have a hobby you really enjoy, keep doing that. If you're fighting a major illness or a disease or a major injury, as long as the injury doesn't prevent you from doing that hobby, keep doing it. These are the kinds of things that make you feel good. And the more you can do things to make you feel good, the more that you can continue to do those things that are uplifting. Keep those hobbies rolling as much as you possibly can all right quick break and i'll be right back with some more ideas back with you. I want to play three voicemails next. They're uh, voicemails that have been sitting in my inbox for a while, but I wanted to get to them. I haven't forgot about this. Um, White Bear's got some information about bug out bags. Mexican Joe has a comment about one of my recent podcasts and Prepping Teen from the forum has a question or a request on relocating. Here you go. I'm going to play all three of them back to back and then I've got some comments. Hey, Bob, it's Bear from Primitive Learning Skills School. I'm uh, just calling to leave a few comments uh, on a recent podcast I listened to, uh, The Wussification of America. 
And in the beginning, you talked about bug out bags, and uh, I think it's pretty funny, Bob's Bob. <laughs> and one of the things you said about having is a hammer. And one of the things I wanted you to think about is getting what's called a rig builder's hammer, which has a hammerhead on one side and a hatchet on the other. That way, you have two tools in one. You can use the one side, obviously, as a hammer, and the other side, obviously, as a hatchet. So it's a two-in-one tool that is very effective and uh, much easier to carry than trying to carry a hatchet and a hammer separately. Also, uh, I wanted to let you know about Simply Protein Whey Bars. They're gluten-free, and they're something that you could carry for a protein snack in your bob. Uh, so that might be something you want to check out. Also, your one caller asked about storing rice in two-liter pop bottles. And one of the things that you they could consider is to use the big Magnum-style wine bottles, and they have the vacuum pumps that they sell with those, so you can vacuum seal the rice in those glass wine bottles. Uh, so just a couple things I wanted you to think about that maybe uh, you could talk about uh, regarding the wussification of America. Thanks, Bob. Talk to you soon. Have a good day. Hey, Bob. Mexican Joe here in Northeast Texas. On uh, episode 237, uh, your first voicemail, a guy called in about uh, rice in two-liter bottles. Um, that, to me, I agree. It sounds like it's very short-term. He is still going to need to use oxygen absorbers if he does that. Um, I don't think that those bottles are actually as tough as you, you would want them to be. If you put an oxygen absorber in there, you're probably going to collapse the bottle. And those bottles, when they get a crease in them, they're gone. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend that. What I would do, he's trying to save money, and I understand that. I would go and get the uh, five-gallon buckets uh, and do them that way. Uh, you still are going to use an oxygen absorber, but you can get a large bag of rice, a large bag of beans. I mean, you can get $40 worth of stuff in one bucket. And if you do that once a week or once a month, you know, at the end of the year, it's, it's really adding up. Um, we should also mention the uh, Mylar bags. Um, up to this point, I have not used Mylar bags. Uh, I have seen it done, and I know how to do it. I'm do, I'm, I was going without Mylar bags until I hit my two-year food supply. Now that I've hit my two-year food supply, I am moving into Mylar bags in the buckets because that is well beyond two-year shelf life, into the five-year to unlimited. So that's the way I'm headed now. So i kind of done mine in phases, but... Again, the, the the rice thing, unless you're trying to bug out and carry it, I wouldn't do that. Those bottles are not made to for the pressures that are going to be created in a vacuum. They're going to implode, uh, not explode, which is the way the bottles were designed, so they wouldn't explode. Uh, so, anyway, that's just my take on it, my opinion. So, uh, hope that works for them, and uh, we'll holler back at you later. Bye. Hey, Bob, uh, this is Prepping Team from The Forum. And I have a question. If you can do a short segment about relocating to another state, maybe you can do a uh, top ten or top five states you think people should move to. Uh, me and my uh, family have the thought about moving out of California. I figured that you can maybe give us some ideas. Uh, bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Good information. I appreciate that. You know, those were older voicemails, but I'm glad that they called those in and hopefully you got some tips from those on rice storage and so forth. 
and bug out bags. As far as Teen Prepper's question about relocation, uh, Teen, that's a great question. And I think I'm going to probably dedicate an entire episode coming up to relocating. I have some more ideas for you other than just what are some of the top five states. I have some other ideas about relocating as a prepper because I've done it twice. So be looking for an upcoming podcast real soon on that. Well, that's it. That's all I've got for this episode, folks. I hope that you got some good info about surviving illness and from these voicemails that were called in. If you'd like to support my show, if what I do helps you, and you get some benefit from it, consider going to my Amazon store whenever you make an Amazon purchase. You notice that I don't have a bunch of sponsors on this show. A lot of podcasters have all kinds of sponsors, and they spend several minutes every show talking about stuff that you know sponsors sell that maybe you don't even care about. So I keep this commercial free. The only way that I get support is if you do things like Make all your purchases, your Amazon purchases, through my store. You can go to todayssurvival.com, and you can just click on the Amazon store page. You'll see a direct link there. That's one way. It doesn't cost you any extra money to do that. You can also consider investing in my Survival Champions Club podcasts. These are customized podcasts that contain information that I don't cover on this show. And if you go to todayssurvival.com, click the Survival Pod, the Survival Champions Club podcast on the right-hand side. Click the link there. You're going to see a list of the podcasts and what they, what they, uh, what the subject matter is. They're twenty-five dollars each, or you can get the whole collection for seventy-five dollars. A lot of you've been buying those lately, and I appreciate that. Well, with all that said, folks. Uh, thanks for listening to yet another episode of today's Survival Show. It's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Goodbye.
back.